<laughs> Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. That the power of Christ compels you. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. This is the It Records podcast. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, coming over the airwaves. And uh, I am I'm not alone. I am joined by the magnanimous, the ever-charming, the benevolent Peter. Peter Hansen, great to have you, Peter. And, um, and Lindsay, Lindsay, uh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> what an introduction you got, Peter. What if, oh, and, yes, and uh, Lindsay is here. <laughs> what if you actually were doing this podcast by yourself and we've been ghosts this entire time? Ooh, that'd be creepy. Yeah. It would. It would be. It'd be quite the shock. Yeah, or I'm slowly going insane. <laughs> <laughs> just talking to myself. This these many years. It's your split personalities. You just do different yeah. voices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great point. And it's just me talking to myself nonstop. It's the power yeah. of editing. <laughs> We're back. It's uh, it's good to be here. It's been a while. Um. It felt good to say, all you creatures of the night, welcome back. It's been been a minute since we've been here on the show. Yeah, we skipped Halloween season yeah. together. All of spooky season. That's because we were too busy partying and spooky yeah, people. Yeah, that's what it was. That's exactly right. <laughs> spooky people every night. Couldn't watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Couldn't watch what? It's a full-time job. <laughs> well, I mean, since we, we were spooking people... Um, and couldn't be watching movies. I do still need to know, guys, what have you been watching, horror or otherwise? Um, it's been a minute. Um, does anybody want to take the gauntlet first uh, of what we've been watching? I'm going to go. Uh, this movie that we're reviewing today was my pick. Um, that's typically how I think we try to do things. And I'm going to keep it real short. So I have been watching the challenge for months and months Ooh-woo. now. However, um, I've taken a bit of a break because um, I felt, you know, in light of recent events, you know, with Matthew Perry, very sad news. You know, Friends has been on my list forever. And Wait, you never watched it? No, I made it halfway through season one oh. many years ago. And I thought, wow, you know. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So I thought, you know, now's a really good time, you know, in my mind to revisit it so that's what i've been watching friends the challenge you know a little bit um not as much but still committed still gonna see it through i'm on season 30 um bachelor in paradise is back we are watching these people on the beach in november <laughs> and so those are yeah that's the main three i think bachelor um, in paradise so nice. yeah i'll throw it to one of you but I yeah. am curious, Matt, if you're watching Bachelor in Paradise. I'm well. not actually. I, I, oh. I was interested. Uh, I, I did the Friends rewatch, like 2021, uh, like, I, I, I was my first time. That was my first time watching it all the way through. I had never, I'd seen like the reruns on TV, but, so I'm, in, I'll be interested in your what thoughts your as you move season, through. Or what were the best seasons to you? So I'm feeling like it has to get better after season one. 
Season one is always rough for, I think, most sitcoms. I think it really takes a while to get its footing. I would say probably by season three, it's like probably it hits its stride, I would say. I always feel like the middle seasons are the, like, even for Seinfeld are the best. Like, Friends, I think like four, five, six, it really hits it. Like, it knows it's, it knows what it's doing. It's found its footing. And like four, five, six are really good. There are definitely some good episodes, though, early on. So, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like you have something at least to latch on to yeah. to like keep you going. Okay. All very good to hear. <laughs> I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, it's yeah. can't force you. <laughs> I think it's going, it's going well. I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of season one. It's going fine. I just think I'm like, you know, it is early. We're still establishing these characters. A lot happens that I know, you know, mm-hmm. just because it's been over 30 years. You know, oh. since it started, so ten, spoilers tend to <laughs> delete themselves. But yeah, it's hard to yeah. avoid. Like, especially for something like as iconic as that. Yeah, I I feel like it's just the way I like how TV is now. There's nothing that's there's no sitcom that's that iconic currently. Like, I feel like the last what was like the last Big, big Bang Theory, like probably fucking The Office. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. Okay, yeah. Big Bang, you're right. Big Bang. But it's was, off the air now, so. Which is more recent than The Office, but yeah. yeah. I didn't. I don't like the Big Bang. I don't either, but, but it was popular. It had like twelve, eleven or twelve seasons. It was. But yeah, even Friends, it, it, it threw me because I know, like you know, there's the Ross and Rachel bit, and like they're on a break and all that. Going through it, like the first episode is you know uh, Rachel leaving. Is it Barry at the altar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barry. And it, the evil Lord broke it on us. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I didn't remember this storyline at all, and it's just interesting to go back and and see all that. Yeah, I like forgot yeah. about that. Like that's the <laughs> pilot, uh, but yeah. So I'll be busy with that for a while. Ross is the worst. He's my, I hate his character so much. <laughs> I have read that that's very. It seems to be a common um thing, and you know. I really like Matthew Perry. I read his book earlier yeah. this year. Um, so that's really nice. what made me a fan. I, but I'm like, you know, even if it wasn't because of Matthew Perry, like watching this right now, I'm like, I feel like Chandler so far is my He's favorite. He's the best. Chandler is my favorite character for sure. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. He always has the best jokes, I think. Mm-hmm. He's always like, he's he's so quick. Quick. Oh. And I, Matthew Perry wrote basically like Chandler was him. And I, I truly believe that that's what that was the case. And a lot of like the stuff that Chandler says came straight from him. So. Yeah, I know he like improvised the final line of the show. I think right, like. I think I read yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, the, what... like he asked to have the last line. Yeah, so I'm sure he just he grew that character with a lot of the improv improvisation as he went throughout. Um, but. Uh, for me, in terms of shows, I uh, I've I've started watching The Boys for the first time. I've never watched The Boys. Really? Wow. How do you like uh, it? I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, like start of season two. I think there's only three seasons out right now. Correct? Would you say as so? I, obviously, I'm a big fan of superheroes. I feel like I made that apparent. But I'm like very over superhero content. Do you think that I would still like it, even though? I'm very burned out of Marvel. I would say even DC at this point. Yes, I I think you might just because it, it's not so much like 
superheroes going to save the world like every you know show of dc or, or marvel where they're like the hero a lot of these are like it's a combination of some of them are like not good people like the the superheroes are portrayed they're kind of like products yeah. of a corporation and some of them are like they're portrayed as heroes but they're actually not good people behind the scenes and some of them are just like good people and it's like the underbelly of that so it, it's less so about like saving the world per se as a hero as if like what if these superheroes existed today and was like in, in real life in real life and were like products of 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 capitalism essentially not like bitten by a spider and they're out to save the world but like there's this drug that makes you a superhero and we want you to sell this product we want you to do this thing and also you know if you save this person it'll look good on your pr um sort of a thing all right so it's very violent i will say that so, I've heard that. Some things are pretty dark, um, darker than I thought they'd be, and very violent on that show. Yeah, like I think I watched Invincible, like the first season when it came out, and that is another Amazon original. Yes, okay, with J.K. Simmons. I really, in- yeah, I really enjoy the animation of that one, and that's also like did not expect the violence because I was not, I did not follow the comic book at all, and I was not expecting how violent yeah. it was. So yeah, I, I think you you might enjoy it, um, but just be wary of the violence <laughs> in that show. Uh, also, I've caught up on Loki. Actually, as of this recording, there's a new, the nice. finale is tonight. So, I or yesterday, watched it yet. yesterday, I, I guess. Um, so I got to check that out. Uh, and then movies, you know, I'll try to be quick because um, <laughs> October just happened. But I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Really liked it. Um, I saw The Killer, the new Michael Fassbender, David Fincher movie. That's really good. It's on Netflix if you're listening to this. I really want to watch point. it. And for horror movies, or like, I do like Hocus Pocus. I know it's in there. Uh, Practical Magic I watched the first time in years. That was a fun time. <laughs> I also I also watched Practical, Practical Magic. Magic was fun. I haven't watched it in probably 10 years. It's not even a joke. <laughs> like It's been so long. By that point, it's like a new movie. Yeah, it was so, it was so fun. It really was. Yeah, it was like so fresh you again. just forget yeah. everything. <laughs> so that was fun. Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Ginger Snaps. Uh, I love Ginger, Ginger Snaps. snaps. Fun. Uh, I know I have like six movies to say here, but I'm trying to think of some other horror ones. Repulsion. Check out your letterboxed. I was, I've been bad this month with letterboxing. I fought like you I just didn't log, log it. it. Yeah. Um, but Repulsion, which is a Roman Polanski one, part of like the Rosemary's Baby. I've I've seen kind that, of yeah. an apartment trilogy. The Tenant, I think, yeah. is the other uh, one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And oh, wait, is the Tenant? Yeah, yeah. Tenant Bra is Argento, right? Or Tenant Tenbra. Tenant Bra is, is, okay. is Argento, yeah. But I think the other ones I've seen. Um, I watched night. I've watched so far Nightmare on Elm Street's one through six. So far, got to okay. get going on New Nightmare. I gotta yeah. watch it. Gotta do New Nightmare. Those have been. F- some are good. Some not so good. <laughs> series. Two is so bad. Two. Two is horrible. Two's, two's all right. I don't necessarily prefer it, but I think it's better than like like six for instance where he, there's like someone dies in a nintendo video game okay, i haven't watched i haven't 
Yeah. I haven't watched six, so I think I've seen I've seen one, two, three, and four, and, and New Nightmare. Oh, That's so you I've missed seen. five and six. Those are doozies. <laughs> those, yeah. those are probably my least favorite. Like those two, and then two. Five and six are kind of, that's Dream Child and Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare, where it was in Freddy yeah, Vision, yeah. which is 3D. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, Freddy Vision. One of the characters puts it on in like the end of the movie. I'm just like, all right, time to put on your 3D glasses. That's so yeah. silly. I think that's it. I think that's all of them. Oh, and I've as part of that, I've also been watching the Never Sleep Again documentary, which is like the five-hour documentary on Nightmare on Elm Street where they go You're re-watching it again? No, that I did uh, Camp Crystal Lake Memories Crystal Lake Memories for Friday okay. the 13th <laughs> and that one that one's like seven I've or seen, nine hours I, or something like that I could have sworn you said you've seen the Freddy Krueger one because I've seen it I, the first time I tried watching it I tried watch, I threw on a four-hour documentary at 11pm <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> Why would Man, I do that? You're sucked in for all those movies. <laughs> you're an adult. I also fell asleep, obviously, because <laughs> it was 11 p.m. <laughs> We're waking up and be like, "Where the fuck yeah. am I?" <laughs> Freddy's coming to get you in your dreams. But those are fun. I I recommend that to anybody who's like is wants to watch Friday the Thirteenth, and uh, you watch. Crystal Lake Memories, or Never Sleep Again, the documentary, and watch Nightmare on Elm Streets. Like, watch watch the movie. Like, watch the first movie, and then watch the part of the documentary that is the first movie. And then watch the second movie, and then watch the part of the documentary that's the second part. That's a good way of going so like you, It's it, fresh yeah. in your mind, and then you're gonna go watch the doc, instead of just, like, all the way through. That's probably, like, what, 45 minutes per it movie? It gets shorter. As, like, like, the first, like, three <laughs> movies have a bunch, but then, like, 36 was like, I feel like 20 minutes. <laughs> and we're out. Not much to talk about this one. But yeah, I think that I'll leave it there. That's kind of what I've been watching, horror or otherwise. But Pete, you want to round us out? I know you're better about letterboxing. I've seen, I've seen you go in there. I am. I'm, I'm very religious with, yeah. with my letterboxing. You always motivate me to keep it updated. <laughs> I'm at 145 movies this year. I'm Impressive. Trying. Yeah. Trying to, I'm trying to get to 150, which I feel like I would do. It's I got a whole month plus yeah. to do that. Um, <clears throat> as far as TV shows, I'm not really watching. Like I've been on a real video game kick lately. So like, Courtney like watches. Like we watch Big Brother. We've been watching Big Brother this season, and we're watching Survivor. Big Brother's still on so TV. Like playing. Oh okay, yeah. That's- since twenty fifth, twenty fifth season. Okay, I didn't know it was still on. Wow. Yeah, uh, Suri Fields is on. Was on the most recent wow. season that I'm watching from Survivor. Suri. C I R I, right? Okay, I know who you're talking yes. about. <laughs> okay, yeah. It took me a second. I think it's C I R I E. Okay, with the E on the end. Yeah, I believe so. Um. I know Courtney also has been watching like the Golden Bachelor when I'm like playing my game. So I've been like getting like little doses of that. It seems like nice. It seems like a nice change from like the regular Bachelor. I've never seen the regular Bachelor, but it seems a little more, uh, I don't know, nicer, I guess. Because they're just like, oh, I'm old. I want to love Are they all, what is, are they all over like 50 or 60 in, in this season? 
They're all over 50 for sure. I think they're all in the at least 60, I think, is the youngest person. Oh, wow. I'm not sure how old the man is, but I assume... 72 or... That guy's 72? He seems... He seems yeah. very nice. Yeah. Wow. He seems very youthful. But I did watch a lot of movies, obviously, because of Halloween, I would say. Um, in fact... Oh, gosh. I don't even know how far back to go. September 4th was the Four last episode release for Child's Play. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a lot of movies. You could give us October, if you want. October to the present. That gives us a month and ten days. Oh, God. That's a lot of movies. One a day? It's it's not that much, but it's a lot. Um, So there, I started off with Mary Poppins. Which one? Mask, the OG or uh, Emily Blunt? OG, because that one's Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, is it? I thought it was a remake. I haven't yeah. seen it clearly. <laughs> it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Gotcha. I think. Um, Pocahontas, Midnight Run, uh, the original Carrie, uh, David Lynch's Dune, this movie. That's how long ago this was. September 13th is when I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) So almost a month ago. Uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. The Greatest Showman. The Day of the Jackal. Cop. That one was ridiculous. Uh, Willow. The Perfect Storm. Mona Lisa. E.T. Practical Magic. Frankenweenie. Wild Things. Tales from the Hood. Halloween Town, Lone Star, The Wailing. I remember yeah. texting you, Matt, about that one. Um, A Quiet Place Part 2, Begin, Barbarian, oh, Barbarian, Road Games, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Evil Dead Rise, Killers of the Flower Moon, and The Wizard of Oz. Oh, nice. You got a good mm-hmm. range there. I feel like my brain always does that with like how i i've always done that with music i like can't listen to albums i have to have it on like shuffle it's like i feel like that's always how i've been and with my movie watching i feel like oh i watched this comedy i'm gonna go fucking tearjerker drama you know i just have to like switch it up yeah yeah, always I i mean definitely there's like i get in like I'm like, oh, I'm like in a thriller mood, but then I change it up like after a couple movies. Yeah. Well, that's. You've seen Barbarian. I want to talk about Barbarian really fast. I won't give any spoilers. I, I did not like it. That is what I want to say. <laughs> I I liked it, but I don't think I liked it as much as like the hype that it got. I feel like it was. It... Oh yeah, it got so much hype, and I don't think it's well deserved. Yeah, it got a lot of hype, but I thought it was fine. Like I don't think it's a bad movie. I I I enjoyed it, but I just I thought it was. Meh. I hate the way it's structured. Like I think the way it's structured is yeah. so bad. I think it takes away all the dread out of it. Mm-hmm. That it built up. And like once mm-hmm. it builds up, it just like loses all its kind gas. Like Jeepers Creepers. It does that. Justin Long. It does that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was in that. I was just like, man, him in a horror movie. That's weird. Jeepers yeah. Creepers and Tusk. Can't forget Tusk. Or uh, oh, Drag Me to Hell. Seen that. Oh my yeah. god, that's right. So he's been in a every like five film. years or so. He'll drop into a a horror movie. He, um, what's his no? 
It's Bill Skarsgård that's in Barbarian. Gotcha. Yes. I was thinking Alexander. Have you seen Infinity Pool? I think that one's much better. No. Uh, and that didn't get a lot of hype, but that's that's a really good one. Mia Goth, Alexander Skarsgård. Evil Dead Rise was also one else. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. In. It's on my list. I was disappointed, I would say. Shoot. I've I mean, seen all the other ones, so I'll probably think, stumble upon it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I would say. It's like, give it a shot if you've seen the other ones. I think, I don't know. It's like weird because like we've had the remake that was a, when we came out when we were in college. I really liked it. It was really gory. Typical in Evil Dead fashion. And then I don't. This is another remake, I guess. It's not a sequel. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. A spiritual sequel. Like, address the is other kinda ones. Like the, it's kind of like Candyman that came out a couple of years ago, where it's got the. No, know. it's not. No, that handles it. I love mm-hmm. that movie. That handles it. The previous that Candyman. And the, yeah, the new Candyman's terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, but evil. The new Evil Dead. I feel like. I mean, it doesn't have to address the other movies, but I just like I'm just like confused with like where they're taking it. I think it's like I think the woman though who was like the one that turns early is very good at being creepy. Maybe is it Ellie? I don't remember. Who <laughs> knows? Probably. I haven't seen it, so I'll probably <laughs> want the most help. I know Lily Sullivan, and Lily Sullivan's yeah. one of the actresses in the movie. I like her, but I don't know what character she is. Like, I feel like it's like a 6 out of 10, you know? It's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad movie. It's just like, I'm disappointed in it, and I'm like, I'm like, where, I'm like, where's this going? What are you doing? <laughs> just trying to make it uh, unique <laughs> to know, a new like audience, a... maybe. Maybe. People who aren't familiar with It's kind of like how I felt about Scream 6 yeah. a little bit, like how I was like, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not up to the par of other screams that I've seen previous. Yeah. And like that's how I feel about the new Evil Dead's up to, up to par to yeah. the other Evil Deads. That's fair. I'll need to watch it now. It's literally in my queue uh, <laughs> to watch Evil Dead Rises. But it's right next in my queue to the movie we did watch today, which is the 1982 film Poltergeist which is directed by Toby Hooper, uh, written by Spielberg. Yeah, that, that'll be a contention. It's screenplay by Spielberg and potentially somewhat directed by Spielberg. Came out in came out June 4th, 1982. Yeah, Spielberg's attached. This feels very um, Amblin Entertainment. Feels very Spielbergian. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, but this is what's this is Lindsay's choice, right? You made the Poltergeist choice? Yes. Yeah. Had you seen Poltergeist before? Or is this your first viewing of it? So I'm sure it'll surprise no one that I have not seen Poltergeist what? before. What? Oh, okay. I was not making <laughs> <laughs> So what's interesting, it's not interesting at all, actually. Um, so when I was, you, know, you guys remember Eat True Hollywood yeah. Story? Mm-hmm. The best. I would spend my summers just watching episodes of eat true hollywood story over did you also there. watch best week ever have we talked about this okay i thought we're on the same e hollywood stories and best week ever what yeah. what is that i have never heard of the one you said before that one eat true hollywood what was it? E true hollywood story on, uh, never heard of that network. 
so it was like um like biography i don't know like usually they were like an hour hour and a half like biographies like they would be like usually on people um but sometimes they were on like beverly hills 90210 for instance um or they did a um i think the episode for poltergeist was not poltergeist the movie but i think it was like the curse of poltergeist i don't i don't that remember makes, which that, we'll get into that would that make sense later um but yeah like it was like a biography series it was it was the best and then now <laughs> like you can't even you can't even find like any remnants of it online they don't ever show it cause they, you know e just like showed nothing but the kardashians <laughs> you know from 2007 on and um but that's it the was, bad thing about cable now they just like play their like flagship yeah show over and over again until there's like a new episode you know it's like they don't yeah. like diversify of what they're playing anymore like it's just like okay it's 10 straight hours of ridiculousness yeah. on tv yes it's 10 hours of impractical jokers whatever. on true tv it, yeah. yeah seriously it's always impractical jokers like whenever never, you, yeah. you stay at a hotel it's like okay it's impractical jokers or ridiculousness or maybe you get lucky and buffy the vampire slayer is playing on some yeah, weird channel like fusion or something <laughs> yeah yeah some I- only. the ion network <laughs> i don't know <laughs> trying to remember cable station names i think too like lately you know we've all kind of as a culture you know have been into like the y2k uh nostalgia right so now would be the time e network to bring something like that back. Um, just yeah. saying. But anyway, if you're listening, show, eat, like, e, bring it back. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> they never show us what we want to see. So anyway, um, I remember seeing at least once or twice they had an episode on the curse of the poltergeist. Of course, I had heard of it before I would watched those episode that episode, but that's really all I knew, you know, that's all the information I had about the movie. And so I, this is a classic and I figured it was high time that I watch it one and that our podcast covers it. Cause we're looking to do franchises. So I thought this would be a good one. Yeah. That's a good point. Like I always even sometimes forget that it is like, there's at least two sequels that I know of or the remake. And there's I think a, a show in the works to come out. Is there? I didn't, I didn't know. I about think the that. show is with Amazon. If I have it here, it's like it's in production as of like this year. They were writing it up. Let's see here. As of October of this year, it was reported on Amazon okay. MGM Studios and Amblin Television um, are working on a television adaptation. So just last month. Who does the Chucky show? Sci fi does that. Sci fi does Chucky. Okay. But yeah, so this. Do you guys feel like you're gonna check that out? The show, well, probably. Yeah, I'll probably check it out. I I remember watching. I'm trying to remember. I think the Scream TV show is the last like franchise TV show that I watched, and I liked. I actually liked it. Scream. So for the third season, third I think season I stopped at the second season of that show. Third season, they just completely changed the characters for mm. whatever reason. I think. I think if they did that from the beginning, it would have been fine. Like, if they did it, like, every season. But they're like, oh, like, they had, like, two seasons worth of characters that you actually kind of, mm-hmm. like, cared about. And then they're just like, you know, let's just, uh, let's just not yeah. do that anymore. You never watched uh, Freddy's Nightmares? 
or was the Friday the didn't the Friday the Thirteenth also Friday the Thirteenth had one too, as that, well. I don't I I haven't watched that, but I I found some episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. It had two seasons, and Brad Pitt makes an appearance on it. Toby Hooper connection to this directed the pilot of Freddy Freddy's Nightmares. Toby Hooper quote directed this one. I know there's some scuttlebutt about if <laughs> how much he actually directed at this film. If he, so, like. Yeah, I think what it is, is he probably did, but, like, Spielberg is such a powerful producer that he, like, has his DNA, especially since that he wrote it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know he wrote it for the longest time. Like, until this rewatch, I was like, Spielberg wrote this? I did not know that. That's probably why I feel such, like, a Spielberg movie, because he wrote yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he, like, really wanted to make, I, I, he had, like, the idea for it for, like, a while. I read and then finally pitched it and wrote the screenplay and he couldn't officially, actually I know he wanted to direct it, but he couldn't because the same year he was doing ET and like he was contractually obligated to with universal not to be directing another one at the same time. So he had to stick to being just a producer role on this, but I, this feels like a Spielberg movie. I don't know if you guys feel that it feels like it really does. If Goonies was like a horror movie to some extent, it just has that, well, also, like, I rewatched E.T., too. E.T. is, like, very Spielberg movie. And, like, like Poltergeist feels very similar. Mm-hmm. Like, in its, like, tone. Yeah. Even though E.T. is, like, a kid's movie. Like, there's still some creepy stuff in E.T. that, like, they do. I mean, I guess they're both, like, about the family unit in some way. Like, bringing the family together. A lot yeah. of his movies, I feel like, have that kind of <laughs> underline in some way. Um, but from like a kid's perspective, and you do kind of get that here. I think mainly the the protagonist is Craig T. Nelson, and who plays Diane. I'm not sure. Um, I forgot. I, I, I'll look at. I I have her here, Joe Beth Williams. Um, but it's still like I mean, like one of the most quoted lines is "They're here," which is from Carol Ann um, in this movie. So I do feel like, he, and we get a lot from the son. Was his name? I'm in this movie. Is it Robbie? Like, I feel like you get his perspective, like in bed with the clown and like that, tr- the tree shot, I, like showing the tree. Like, I feel like that was something you'd be scared about. As I remember kid. being so scared of. So like, I remember watching it on TV as a very young child and being fucking so scared. Really? <laughs> oh. scary. Yeah. I have like, I have very distinct memories of like catching glimpses of the poltergeist on TV Another one is like one of the Freddy movies. I cannot remember which one. Mm. I want to say it's like. I think it might even be one I haven't seen, but I, I know feel like it's, it's a. Freddy I feel movie. like Freddy's Dead was on a lot. Like I just watched it recently, and I was like, "Oh, I remember seeing this on TV. Like bits of this on TV. That's the sixth one." Does it have like a little blonde boy? Little, there's a little boy in the fifth one, Dream Child. Okay. And then it's that one, because. <laughs> I think it's that one. Like, I remember it. I could have sworn he was a little blonde boy. I don't know. This is like memories that are going back like 20 years. Fucking like 15 years. <laughs> like 20, 15 years ago. 20 years. Yeah, I'm 31. What I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can speak in decades now. <laughs> I know. You stopped that now. <laughs> but it's, I wanted to ask that either now or like when you were a kid, did you find this like, this viewing scary when you're watching poltergeist were you like scared watching it now or did uh p you said you were scared 
when you were younger, but were you scared around this time watching the Poltergeist? I would say not at all. Yeah. <clears throat> I've seen this movie a lot. So you're familiar with it. I think I just like knew. Yeah, I, I've seen it at least five times. Gotcha. Lindsay, were you, were you scared watching Poltergeist this go around? It's your first viewing? I think as many like horror movies as you guys have had me watch over the years, I don't really, I never have gotten scared really with almost any movie. But, yeah, I, I'm i impressed, honestly. But I think, though, now, if you ask me that when I'm trying to go to sleep, you know, there are times where I still am like, don't open your eyes. <laughs> Just, that, that was something that I thought about a lot as a kid, trying to fall asleep. That's when I would think about the scary mm. things. You know, and I'd be convinced, like, if I open my eyes, you know, I might not like what I'd see because I had, like, shadows in my room or whatever, but. If anything, I like can relate more to like the parents now. Because yeah. we're probably like older than they were or around their age. I would say they're at least thirty five. I feel like they give like they're like mid thirties vibes. Okay. Right. To be clear, we are not thirty five, <laughs> as Peter said. Um close, but we're not there yet. Yeah. I think if anything, I don't know. I don't know if scared would be the right word, but I'm like, if that was my kid that those fucking ghosts took there'd be hell to pay um, <laughs> you know like that that's like the thing i'm like to be a parent and if that were to happen that would just be like unfathomable i don't know what i'm even saying yeah. but i i think i wasn't scared but what a crazy situation yeah no. and that's your kid that's just interesting because i don't think i was like i've seen this a couple times like really scared so much like suspenseful, like scared, like what's coming around the corner type scared at all with, with this movie. It was, it was entertaining and like a thriller. Um, but maybe there was more like horror in the aspects that you're talking about with like, like the, it's really the ripping apart of the family, losing the child and like searching for it. Um, but it's not like jump scares. It's not like I wasn't really scared of the beast that they were talking about, like one of these things coming out, but really just like what was beyond what didn't we see? Like what was beyond the door, beyond the light that was, that was back there. Um, yeah. And I really felt for that scene when Carol Ann comes back from wherever and Diane's got her. And like the first thing she didn't she say, was it hi dad or whatever? And like, that was like, everybody was all happy. And like, I felt that, like I felt that before she was like, okay, she's good. Like she's, yeah. she's back. She's normal. She's, but we knew that wasn't the ending. They would, you would think that might be the ending of the movie, but it was it was not the end. There's like a it's like a misdirect. It's I, I thought that would have been the ending when she gets pulled out, but there's like this climax where the house starts to fall, fall within. I guess Lindsay, it's your first viewing. Did were you expecting it? To, to, did you think that was the ending, or were you were you lulled into a false sense of security before the house coll collapsed? I don't know what I was expecting, but I think if it had ended like with a happy ending, that wouldn't have been enough for me because this is a horror movie. Mm. This is, I think, in my mind, like when I'm watching horror movies, I expect there to be kind of that last. And even I would say, because I listen to a lot of horror like story podcasts, a lot of them fiction, I'm always expecting there to be in the last minute to the last few seconds something that flips it, you know, like a twist or, you know, something just 
unexpected. So yeah, I think I'm glad it didn't end like that because I think I would have been left wanting a little bit more. Okay. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I personally like, there's like more emotional attachment to like her getting pulled back in and like being reunited with the family. But I do like that ending where like, uh, the clown grabs Robbie. The mom is getting kind of like that practical effect of her like being pulled up the wall. The corpses are like coming out from the yeah. ground. That's the raining. She's in the pool. I love that scene. Yeah, that, that, that final scene, scene in, the, in the house is getting like it crumbles and collapses. There's that light. I, it's a lot of action. I think it's it, it's a great ending. I I really like that um, a lot. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I I like when high budget horror movies actually yeah. work because I feel like a lot of times like big budget horror movies usually they they always mess something up I think they like try and do too much like maybe effects wise I think maybe that was more apparent when CGI was becoming more of sure. a thing because like I feel like most of these like 70s and 80s horror movies didn't when they had a big budget like it went into practical effects and practical just looks good on camera. It does, yeah. And when you do, even if you have like really good CGI, it's going to look like shit in, what, two years? You know, it's just like, oh my god, yeah. look how fake that looks. Like, it's just weird how, like, that's what we gravitate towards now with yeah, filmmaking. More CGI and green screen. It's kind of the, it's the standard. Yeah. But... Because it's yeah. cheaper. And there's some C CGI or digital effects in here that I don't think stand the test of time. I mean, it's 82, so you could, ex you could yeah, imagine. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. It, I think, like, with that, it's like, okay, it was, like, two mm -hmm. things, whatever. I could excuse it. But, like, when it's, like, the whole movie, like, I think, like, a movie that I could think of that had a lot of CGI that was, like, The Frighteners. Do you remember this movie? Frighteners. Like is that Michael the one they remake that where it's like they they die? I think they did. Those are dead, deadliners. What is? That's dead. That's flatliners. That's flatliners. Okay. No, right, right. Yes, that was my recent. I believe. I have not watched. Yeah, I haven't flatliners. seen Frighteners. Frighteners is with Michael J. Fox, and it's kind of like a comedy horror movie. And they really like. I think George Lucas is involved with the special effects. I think it's like his studio house. I can't remember the name. Industrial Light and Magic. Um, yes. Yeah, um, they did. They did the special effects for the ghosts and all that stuff. See, so he, like he's like pales with the ghosts or some shit, <laughs> and it just looks bad. So it's like really takes really took me out of it when I first gotcha. watched it. <laughs> doesn't doesn't quite stand up. I, mean, I guess that's an eighties movie with Michael J. No. Fox. It's ninety. It's late. Early it's 90s. early nineties. So it's like you know, post Back to the Future three, and it's like. It's probably at the end of him even acting, because when did he quit Spin City? It that would like, be like early two thousands, I want to say. No, yeah. I feel like that was the odds, right? like no, two thousand one no. or something. Wasn't it the nineties? Spin City is not is not like that. that. I thought it was like ninety six to twenty two thousand two. All right. Well, okay. All right, that's later than I thought. I think I think Frighteners is ninety three. Yeah, I've never heard guess. of the Frighteners. I'll have to check it out. I only the only reason why I knew about it is because like I was like 
this was like when I was really trying to like get into movies because of the movie fan being right next to my apartment. R.I.P. And I was renting movies. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, just renting movies like crazy, and I was just like going down the list. I was like, okay, like who are directors that I know? So I like you know I was like, okay, George Lucas, Spielberg, you know all the ones that everyone knows, and seeing what they're involved in, and just like going down uh, the line. That sounds great. <laughs> it was a great time. It was a great time. Me and Lindsay are just thinking about. I would that. just like. Oh, yeah, that sounds I, great. I always rented Run Movie for one night. Yeah, dollar. I went on Friday. I went on Saturday, and, and I went you, on Sunday. You talked to that guy Saturday. about the movie. Yeah, I talked to that guy about movies every single yeah. day. I was there. I always I did Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, because uh, like. I always like go there on like Sunday morning, so that I could watch it, and then I would turn it sometime on Monday, and I'd spend three dollars all weekend, and I would watch yeah. three movies. It was great. It's great. It was a great time. <laughs> to be alive. Movie fan. Hey, we were talking about we're talking about the ending. Oh, uh, of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you guys, like. We get we get the idea uh, that it's brought up that like our main Craig T. Nelson's character, I'm blanking on his, his his character name, but he's like he sells real estate. They live at Cuesta Verde, this 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 suburban neighborhood subdivision, yeah. and you know he's selling lots there, and they're trying to sell lots in other places. And I think it's it's brought up from his boss that like they're going to make a new subdivision over the top of these this grave this grave site, and oh, we did that at Cuesta Verde. We just took off the gravestones, left the bodies sort of thing. So like these corpses are under the house. And I guess that's, what's kind of haunting these homes is like supposed to be. Yeah. Like that's not fine. But he didn't know that. He didn't know that until the very okay. end. But that, these are supposed to be the spirits who were buried there are now haunting these people. Or is it also something else? Like, is the beast supposed to be part of that, that, that she mentions it? That's a very good question. Because I have no idea. I think like, also, I feel like you get, like, a, a hints of, like, you know, ancient burial grounds. Ancient you know, Indian from, burial like, grounds. That's yeah. That's a great line to quote. It's just, like, <laughs> it just seems like straight, like, horror movie premise. Like, didn't you know you, your house is yeah. built on ancient Indian burial ground? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this whole country is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fair it's like they were here for a long time and people died yeah and i guess to that point i feel like when i looked up stuff about what what's the greater themes of this movie some of the stuff people said like fear of technology and how that'll that'll take over our lives from like the tv and like how the suburban home like that's supposed to be this idyllic life can be you know it can become this horror so, so fast it's not this safe environment that's funny i know I didn't pick up on the fear technology, but I did think that was funny when she was like watching TV and I was just ecstatic. And she's like, oh, that's bad for your eyes. And she just channel, changes yeah. the channel. And, and it's like a cowboy mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Good, where she's like on the kitchen table. <laughs> Is that the scene? Where it's Carol Ann? Yeah, yeah. She's just like, just yeah. like, just like watching yeah. TV. But I also thought there were, I, I didn't really find this, but I thought it, there was going to be something about like the idea of, you know, Native Americans being on an ancient Indian burial ground and like 
the movie starts with the Star Spangled Banner playing and he's like reading a Reagan book in bed. And I was like, is this supposed to be like some sort of like, you know, anti-patriotism, anti-American thing where it's like the ghosts of the Native Americans are coming back to haunt haunt you for what you kind of did and 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 living on our our land but i I don't i don't really feel like that was yeah i think it's just like like, i think it's just like how the 80s were you know the 80s were reagan's era and how everyone was seemingly more conservative i guess because i mean he he won both elections by a landslide Mm -hmm. so you would think that the American people tended to be more conservative at the time because they're clashing back from the six, the, you know, Oh, the sixties. <laughs> so much debauchery. <laughs> I'm seventies too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found that scene interesting. He was reading that Reagan book, but they're rolling joints together. I don't know. I, I really, <laughs> I don't know what the, the mess. You think they'd be doing cocaine? Eighty-two, no, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's late at night. It's like the kids are in bed, and start doing lines of cocaine. <laughs> I feel like what it was is like how you know they made fun of like how a lot of baby boomers were like these pot smoking hippies of the sixties yeah. that grew up to be voters for Reagan. So I think that's kind True. of like yeah. what okay. it's saying i think that's a good point i didn't think of that but that i mean that that kind of hits the nail on the head like in that scene because he's like yeah like at night in the room they're you know smoking smoking pot together but by and he's but he's reading a reagan book and by day he's selling real estate which doesn't really seem like the free spirit hippie way like selling people on and they're very they're very lenient laws on what you could build your house oh very liberal laws very liberal you could do what you want yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) You can do whatever you want yeah. to the house, you know? That means it's uh, unincorporated land. You could build whatever the yep. fuck you want. You don't have to get a permit. You don't have to deal with the yeah. city. That's a good point. Yeah. If you want your jacuzzi, by damn it, you're you going to get a jacuzzi in your living room. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That has to be, you know, something. I, I, I don't know if he, he wrote that on beneath the surface or something. Like, or I mean, it's, it feels pretty on the nose in this movie, but then, like, the past will come back to haunt you. Like... <laughs> I mean, it's a ghost story. I guess a haunted house story, more than anything. Not not so much like a ghost haunting them. It's a your house is haunted because they left the house. They were fine. It's weird. You would think to be in the whole neighborhood. It's weird that it just turned. Yeah, it's true. They asked the neighbor, and the neighbor had no problem. Maybe they were targeting him specifically because he was the one that like. You are responsible for all these people having their homes. That's a good. It's probably that. I mean, because I feel like it was it was more so attacking the parents than like because we see it from their perspective rather than like Carol Ann's. So it was meant to affect them. Um, yeah, that's probably. I was thinking that Carol Ann was selected because like originally the pet died at the beginning. Was it Tweety? Like the bird dies oh, the in like bird. the first scene, and it's her pet, and she's like laying his soul to rest. And I don't know if like. I feel like this is a trope in some horror movies where it's like because she's thinking of death, she's sad, she's got grief, she's vulnerable to like someone crossing over and interacting with. That's probably part of it too. That's probably part of it too. Like I feel like that's classic. Well, she's possession. Possession. That's, yeah. that's like possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
there was something about Carol Ann. I don't know if it's just because she was young or whatever it was, but they wanted something that she had or they were attracted to something about her in particular. Right. I think yeah, because th- probably her innocence, probably her childlike yeah. in it. Like that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. That that's like the creepiest thing to me. Me too. Yeah, I agree. I, I was really creeped out. I got like shivers when Zelda Rubinstein, I forget her character name, but who's like the this the psychic who comes last who really pulls Caroline back, where she's like the beast has latched on to Caroline because she's helping him hold these people back from crossing over and kind of living in this purgatory. And he, I love the scenes with her too. I feel like they're done so well. I agree. And, but she's saying the beast is like presented himself as a child to Caroline and is telling her things only a child yeah. can understand. Like that's creepy. That, that line is very creepy. Just to like is. imagine what he's doing yeah, to that, that kid messed up. Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah, that's like the scariest element to me. Yeah, and then you never see it. It's just that sentence, like you never see where Caroline's at or what's going on. Um, and the parents are just like, I, I want to help. My, I want to find my kid. Like, I wanna... it's tough. And like their teenage daughter is like, you know, rebelling a little bit because she wants to get out of the house. Because like, you know, what what else would a teenager do besides like kind of act up a little bit and just mm-hmm. to get out? away from like your family trauma yeah because she was like partying right at like she like was like in a car i think they were like drinking in the car even yeah and she gets out and that's another i feel like iconic shot when she like gets out of the car and it's like it's pans up to her like that down angle shot and she's like what's going on or what's happening like that's another iconic shot from this movie yeah it's funny like when when craig t nelson comes home and he knocks over the garbage can and he's like (laughs) frantically trying to pick them up and it's just like bro we're like there's a lot of other <laughs> stuff you gotta do it'll be fine if they're on the ground <laughs> don't worry what was oh shoot oh i think you know another thing uh, another scene that really stuck out uh w- with him when was that tree scene when like robbie is getting like pulled into the tree i thought that was re- yeah, really well so done weird. and also like harrowing we're like Craig T. Nelson is trying to climb that tree in the rain in the tornado. And then there's a shot where they're like three or four branches up and it doesn't cut away. And they like kind of tumble down together. I I feel like that shot wouldn't be made today. Like that was a kid. Like it wasn't just like cut to them on the ground. They like fell like three or four branches and then landed on the ground. Looks scary, but I can't imagine that being shot today. Because like. I think there's some, you know, definitely some iffy stuff that went on. For yeah, it's 82. For sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, 82. Uh, they used real skeletons. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's, I'm stealing some of your trivia there. Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, there's no, okay. real skeletons used instead of fake ones because it was cheaper. Ugh. Terrible. Yeah, that's, that's creepy. Like, let's be real. Yeah. I don't know who who decided that was a good well, Frank idea. Frank Marshall's one of the producers, which him and Spielberg created Amblin Entertainment together. Which Amblin's not yeah. around anymore, right? No, not really. Oh, I man. think like it like got like absorbed into like DreamWorks. Or is it Disney now? Is Dream, Disney own DreamWorks or is it I feel like No. DreamWorks like got partially bought out. So, like, it's weird. DreamWorks was, like, a live-action and had an animated right. section, but the live-action part of it got absorbed 
by a different company. And so DreamWorks just became slowly an animation company, I think, once Shrek came out. Yeah. I think. I remember that, like, being big. Officially yeah. transitioned. Yeah. Um, but, like, because, like, Spielberg wanted to pretty much do i mean he did do whatever he wanted but i think he didn't want to have to owe anyone any favors because he because like whenever he got to do whatever he wanted you know it's like how he was contractually obligated not to direct a movie Mm -hmm. the same time as et i'm sure he just like he's like well you know i don't want to be stuck like that ever again Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's true i feel like yeah at this point, in '82, he's got to. Maybe he's not that. He, I mean, Raider, Raiders of the Lost Ark is out. Jaws is I mean, out. Huge. He, he's Close Encounters of the Third yeah, Kind is out. But that might be it. He's the top of the right? world. I mean, still though, they're all hits. No, that's though. like they're hits, but it's like I, I guess looking back on it, it's only three movies, and ET hadn't come out yet. ET will come out, but it, I mean, by the time that I. That was like the highest grossing movie of all time for the longest time. The Summer of Spielberg. Yeah. Like, that's great. That's a crazy thing, E.T. Yeah. Was number for one. A long for time. Like it's a, really a good movie, time. but I just feel like it's a different time. And you know, you know what, you know what beat it? Fucking Jurassic Park. Was it really like 10 years later? 93 or 11 years later? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he beat his own record. Unbelievable. <laughs> And then, at the, then I think it was like Titanic. Obviously, held the record for a very long time. And, but then, didn't James Cameron beat? Well, it, it probably something took over Titanic before Avatar. Yeah. No, Avatar. It was just Avatar. It was Titanic, so he, Avatar, then Endgame, and then Endgame got overtaken again by Titanic. How does that work? What, like, because they re-released care. it. <laughs> Interesting. That was when was that? Was that like the twenty year anniversary oh, or something? So it's funny because when that happened, Disney owned owned Titanic at that point because they bought Fox. And that includes James Cameron's movies. Because he had a Fox deal mm-hmm. for so long. So like when they were like, Oh my god, Titanic beat uh Avengers, that's crazy. And it's like they're both Disney movies, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all Disney movie now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot is Disney. Isn't Disney trying to buy something else too? Yeah. Trying to buy out the rest of That's Hulu. What it is. The controlling stake in Hulu. Yeah. From. Don't they already have, they have the majority they have, share? They yeah. have a control. They, have <laughs> they just majority need share. to own all of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. On top of that, they're raising prices to for Disney Plus. You stop buying all these things, and you don't have to raise the prices. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I thought you're supposed to be affordable for families. Yeah, no one asked for that. Like, Disney Plus is already your stuff. Like, I know you're bringing in, like, 20th Century Fox stuff and Marvel stuff, Star Wars, but, like, Disney has a lot prior to that that you could just have on Disney Plus. <laughs> like, you've made a lot of stuff Absolutely. over the years. Where is Under Wraps? Where's the original I'm with you, Under man. Wraps? I looked for it on Disney I Plus, and there. Under Wraps, the remake is on there. I looked it up. It's because the Hallmark. The Hallmark Channel. Let me tell you. (laughs) I really do. I really do get lost in there for some reason. (laughs) They put it out. They like produced it or some shit. So I think they like 
they would have to pay them money to have it on Disney Plus. So they're just like, we're just gonna remake oh, it. That's messed up. That's what I. That's what I saw. That's why it's not streaming fucking anywhere. You don't have enough money, Disney, to buy this one movie from Hallmark to stream it. Yeah, <laughs> fucking buying Hulu. Yeah, if you're buying up Hulu. <laughs> you've bought up 20th Century Fox. You've bought up Star Wars, Marvel. Can't buy this one. This one movie XR. that's millennials want to watch around Halloween. Hallmark. <laughs> oh man. We got here from Amblin Entertainment, right? <laughs> to Disney. Got it. Check. Amblin Amblin Entertainment did what was it? Arachnophobia, which is a thrill another like horror. Love. Love Arachnophobia. I do like Arachnophobia a lot too. But it has a lot of the vibes. I think this movie this one's more horror, I think, but it has a lot of comedy in it. And so does like Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia has a lot of comedy moments. Like Arachnophobia to me feels like it's Jurassic Park, but with spiders. I mean, yeah, it's you know a, it's a mean, creature feature. It's, yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's a creature feature. It's like very good special effects. You got Those John are real Goodman spiders. being a f- fucking exterminator. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, I just, <laughs> I did this. You know, the ones like an animatronic, the big one, you know, but the little ones are real fucking spiders and it's terrifying. If you watch, if you don't like spiders, you watch that movie. It's real spiders crawling around Jeff Daniels. Oh, whenever someone brings up arachnophobia, I always think of the 30 rack line of like, it's Jack Donaghy asking Jenna. She's like to figure out how old she is. She's like, what movie did you lose your virginity to? And she says, arachnophobia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's, that's so, so, it's so funny. <laughs> arachnophobia. All right. I think that's like 93. It's early 90s. That's 90. 1990. Okay. It's 1990. Early the 90s. All right. It, is there anything you guys want to bring up about the, the movie? Things we might have missed before we kind of go into like where it stands now? You know, budget box office type stuff. I don't think so. I feel like we touched a, a lot. Like the the it's like the family unit and it's like them dealing with like the loss of their child and they're trying to get mm-hmm. her back. Because they know she's still alive, but they don't know mm-hmm. where she is, and it and it certainly plays more heavy now. You know, as an adult who mm-hmm. has a child, you know, yeah, I can. It it definitely plays differently than when I was watching it when I was eighteen. True. Yeah, and that's an interesting point because I feel like you even said when you were younger, like certain scenes scared you, and I'm sure it was things that scared like Robbie, like the clown or the trees, or like the. Yeah, I mean, that tree scene scared the crap yeah, out of it, me. It, I, I get that still today, but I, I, as you said, I feel like I resonated more with, like, Craig T. Nelson and uh, Diane um, in this movie and, like, the horrors they were facing trying to find their daughter. Like, I don't think that resonated when I originally watched this movie as much. I was just like, where are no. the ghosts? Oh, the ghosts, yeah. spooky ghosts and, and stuff. But now it's like, oh, that's also terrifying. <laughs> it's also a terrifying situation to be in. I do love this scene. Or I, this is one thing I do want to bring up is when they get the, like the paranormal like experts to come in. They're talking about like, oh, the car moved like two inches and like you can barely <laughs> see it. And they're like, and he's like, oh yeah, we got something like that. <laughs> he opens up the door. It's just, like crazy shit yeah. happening. That's good. It's so funny. I love. Yeah. I love that. That's a good one. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got something like that. Those are that's the first group, right? That's before Zelda Rubenstein shows up. Like those first three. Yeah, yeah. It's like she like joins mm-hmm. that team, I think, because like it's like the woman like knows yeah. her. Um, the woman with the flask. But yeah, it's like the guy, the guy that like rips his face off, like we totally yeah. didn't even mention, like in his nightmare. I don't even know what that was. Yeah, some spirit messing with him. Yeah, I think he. Like, yeah, some spirit messing with him. It's creepy. That's good. Good special mm-hmm. effects. Yeah, just like, and this is PG, by the way. This is PG. I <laughs> literally cannot PG. believe it. Fucking yeah. Spielberg. I don't know what kind of shit he was pulling with those MPA rankings. What? With yeah. with with the second Raiders <laughs> <you know. laughs> and yeah. this just being PG. I you know, I never pay attention to ratings anymore. <laughs> I'm shocked that this is PG. I forgot yeah. that that's PG. Like insane. Things were so different back then, I guess. Well PG thirteen. So PG thirteen didn't until eighty five. That's right. Yeah, there was a PG and yeah. R, right? Yeah, Spielberg was the reason he suggested a, a middle rating because I think I think he got in trouble again. Like I think they're like, okay, Steven, you can't pull this on us a third yeah. time, and then he's like, oh, why don't you come up with a new rating? Because yeah, I think it, it stemmed from Temple and eighty Temple of Doom, where they they wanted to make it R, and he's like, it's not R, and he wants more people in the seats, so they come up with a rating that's yeah. in between somewhere, and then Red Dawn is the first movie to be PG-13, but Temple was number two was the reason for it. Still PG, It's the reason. That's wild. Yeah. PG. I mean, Jaws is also like PG. Jaws is PG. Saturday Night... I I checked out Saturday Night Fever from the library when I was like, "Mm, I might have been 10, might have been younger. You guys seen it? John Travolta? Okay, that's PG, and I could check it out. There's a lot of nudity. There's a lot of drugs. There's suicide in that movie. Oh there's rape in that movie. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like a 10 year old oh watching it. Like, I just thought this was a dance movie. I just watched Grease with John Travolta. This is another dance movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is yeah. be great. Like this Greece. is a dark movie. Is yeah. that Brian De Palma, too? That's so funny. Is that De Palma? Who is that? No, it's not De Palma. Watch it be a note. I don't think it's a. I I don't know. Who, I don't remember who directed it. Now I need to know. Now I need. To, J- John Badham. Oh, okay, I recognize War him. Games, Short Circuit. That's a him. But yeah, PG. Fucking War PG. <laughs> I gotta watch a lot. I feel like a lot of kids watched this movie growing up because it was PG and it was oh Spielberg's oh, yeah. attached to it. Right. Well, at this point, Spielberg's not really known for kids' movies though, right? We we said Jaws, we said. Uh, Close Encounters. But E.T., though. I mean, um, Close Encounters is kind of kids. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Close Encounters is kind of kids. Raiders of Lost Ark. True, true. Yeah, yeah, that's an an adventure movie. No one saw 1941, (laughs) so we don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of kids. PG? Yeah, put it in for the kids. They can watch it. We'll leave them alone for two hours. It'll be fine. What a betrayal. I'm going to go smoke some weed in my bedroom. Go read about Ronald Reagan. Probably fine. <laughs> yeah, but this movie it still stands at a whopping eighty-eight um, percent. It's still a favorite among critics and audiences alike. But this movie, I didn't know this until actually this viewing. But it was up for Academy Awards. 
I didn't know that at all. Special effects, I guess? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that's not typical for horror movies, so that's... It's rare, yeah. No. Yeah, that's It's not. It's... Even for stuff like special effects, it's rare, but I feel like since this one did have really good special effects, that's what I would assume. You know, the last horror movie to win any Oscar was The Exorcist, and I believed it got it for effects. We've done this in the past. Which ones were nominated? Uh, oh, Silence of the Lambs. Before Sons of the Lambs. It's, it's before Sons of the Lambs, so that was the, f- that was the first Best Picture winner yeah. for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's only two. I think Parasite's the only other one. Oh, you're saying at this the, time when this came out, what had, what had won before? The Poltergeist? Gotcha, I got it. Yeah, like, so, so it was, like, before, like, what the other movie that won an Oscar, that was a horror movie, I believe, was The Exorcist, was the last one to win an Oscar before. I think so. I'm trying to think if there are any other prior to this that won. I'd have to look again. I know Jaws was nominated, one with... if you count that as horror. as like a, but yeah. didn't win. What about, the, what was it, Donald Sutherland? Oh, Don't Look Back? So, like, yes, Don't, look, don't now, look Now, is that what it is? That might have gotten one. Is that Nicholas? Whatever Nicholas his Nickleby? name is. No, Nicholas. I know who you're thinking. <laughs> the guy who did the witches. Uh, yeah. Nicholas Ridge or one of the. I can never say his fucking last name. There's gotta be. Didn't he also do Walkabout? Wasn't that him too? Oh, interesting. Sorry, I'm looking this up. Looks. Are you saying won an Oscar prior to this, or you just want to know what was nominated? I'm saying one, but I I am curious. Carrie, uh, Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Um, the Birds. Uh, Psycho. Non-winners. That's crazy. That's Psycho. The Omen. Win. And I think The Omen, if I look that up, if that's for original score, uh, Poltergeist was nominated for visual effects, special effects, and original score. And the person who did the score, I believe, for this movie did The Omen as well. So <laughs> if it was nominated for two different scores for the Oscars, same guy. Okay. But winners, I think, yeah, you're right. It's only The Exorcist. Don't Look Now was nominated for a BAFTA, not an Oscar. Which I think is, like, probably, what, is that the second oh. highest reward for a movie? Matthew? A BAFTA? Compared? Yeah. Compared to The Oscars? Maybe, I mean, like, maybe Golden Globes? But I don't know if it was around for as long as... Yeah, I guess that's true. I was trying to think, like, what is, like, what's prestigious, like, like, what's the next big award? But yeah, I guess it would be Golden Globes. Breaking news. <laughs> the We said, what was it, The Exorcist one? Might have been the last one. If, yeah, that's my guess. No, uh, the guy, Jerry Goldsmith, who did who was nominated for the score for Poltergeist, won Best Original Score for The Omen, 1976. Oh, okay. So a couple yeah. years after The Exorcist. So he got nominated twice for a horror score and won once. I didn't know. That's pretty prestigious. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. Are the BAFTAs, like, I feel like that's an English thing. Is that? It is. It's the British. What does it stand for? British? Artists, something? filmmakers, maybe okay. something. Yeah. Association. That's all at I the end. Oh, Thank so, you. Something. Theatrical Ooh, awards. <laughs> what are you, BAFTA? Yeah. Well, British Academy of Film and Television Arts. We were we had we British, were right? Say no more. So <laughs> <laughs> I like our name better. 
I almost said British American. I was like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> British Americans. Um, the last thing I have before we we roll the trivia: uh, budget and box office. Do you guys know what the budget was for this one? Or do you? I think it was a. I saw it earlier, so I right. cannot say. Lindsay, nineteen eighty-two, Steven Spielberg horror movie. How much money are they throwing at him? Man, I'm not good because, like, I come from a time where, like, inflation galore. <laughs> Shrinkflation. <laughs> I, I, I can't give you a specific number because I'll probably just be too far off, but I'm thinking it was, you know, I would imagine it was definitely a commercial success and a critical success. Like, whatever it spent, it made back triple. That's what I'm going to oh, Just, just give yeah. us a number. Just give us yeah. a number. I, I just want to hear. And you can guess budget or box office. What's number? What's it? What's go? Yeah. Price is right. We'll go. <laughs> but. You guys don't need to do this. Um, just, I mean, what, what were the questions? <laughs> yeah. we just a shot in the dark. <laughs> okay. It's 1982. This is Steven Spielberg. I'm not At bored. the height. <laughs> I'm not uh, bored. <laughs> you are not Does bored. that help the numbers true. game? <laughs> Madonna yeah, is popular. Yeah, Reagan was just elected <laughs> to his first term. <laughs> Man, There's birds know. flying in the air. A couple million, maybe, maybe less. I don't know. I'm gonna keep it vague. Keep it vague. Couple, couple million, close. Uh, it's ten point seven. Ten point seven was the budget. <laughs> yeah, ten point seven. And I wonder, like, what would that be today? A let's lot. Let's see. I wonder, yeah. Well, what were the big budget movies of that? Raiders of that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna. Which is Spielberg? Raiders. Raiders I'm sure was a big budget one. Um, shortly thereafter is uh, Blade Runner. Is around that time. That's like eighty five or so, or eighty four. Raiders was twenty million. That's certainly a lot for that time. So Google tells me that about $10 million in 1982 is almost $32 million today. That's a pretty decent so. budget for a horror movie. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like we, we talked oh, yeah. about The Conjuring being big budget. It was like $20 million or $18 million. So 32 is that's a pretty fairly big budget. Well, what was, like, I think the biggest budget we've ever done for a horror movie was um, the vampire movie we, we just did. Frickin', what's uh, it called? Interview with the Vampire. Oh, maybe. Yeah, thank you. I believe that's the biggest... I think that has the biggest budget. Yeah, Conjuring has $20 million as its budget for 2015. 2013, mm -hmm. sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And in 1990, what did this movie come out? 94? Interview with the Vampire had a $60 million budget. That's insane. Yeah, I, I think that's wow. the biggest... That's yeah. a lot of money for back then. I mean, yeah, it had some big, you know... Yeah, it's because Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. But yeah, that's a lot. Antonio Banderas. And it was... It's all the people. Christian Slater. And I think it was... Height. Who do we say did that? Was it was it Universal? or? But it was like an adaptation <clears throat> they've been working on for years, too. So it's like, we think this is going to be big. And, and something else came out. I thought... I feel like some other... What's that? Eighth. Are you thinking of Bram Stoker's yes. Dracula? Bram Stoker's Dracula came out yeah, in 92. That was, that was a... That was a big budget. That was a big budget. I'm like, oh, an adaptation sure. of this that was huge. It was all these Oscars. We've been trying to make this one for years. They pushed it forward and like threw all this money at it because people were looking for a big vampire adaptation, or at least they thought. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. $60 million budget in 94 is a $125 million budget today. That's wild yeah, for a vampire no movie. Way. That's Fast and the Furious level. <laughs> Budgets. All right. So it was a, and it was a success. $121 million is what it made. So over 10 times its budget. Huge success. But uh, Lindsay, do you have any trivia for this movie? You know it. So I thought we'd start out with something light first with trivia. So you may already know this, but for those of you out there that don't, you know, Drew Barrymore was a very young child at this time. And apparently she was considered for Carol Ann. But Steven Spielberg wanted someone more angelic. So she auditioned for this role. She didn't get it, but it is what landed her her role in E.T. And then obviously Drew Barrymore's career was forever changed. So I guess it worked out. But That's interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know that she'd been considered for Carolyn. I don't know. I mean, I think she would have done a fine job, but it is hard to picture anyone else in that role. Yeah, and not seeing her in E.T. Because I guess if she would have been Carolyn, she wouldn't have been in... E.T. Right. No. Yeah. She wouldn't have been. Yeah. Interesting. And you're saying like she auditioned for Carol Ann. Spielberg wanted someone more angelic, but liked her enough. It was like, hey, I got I got this role in E.T. Yeah. Don't worry, yeah. I got another movie. Got another one. <laughs> yeah. I think he ended up being more of like a father figure to her as well yeah. through that being on the set of E.T. So things I would say worked out. Do you know who her who I so said this is like a, this is not a movie trivia for this movie, but it's trivia in general. Do you know who her like grandfather or great-grandfather is john Barrymore. it's like mr potter yeah. from it's a wonderful life yeah yeah it just seems like he's because it's, it's in black and white it just seems like so like he's your grandfather it just seems like that's years and years ago but apparently i know that might be her great-grandfather okay because that that guy's old i mean the 30s <laughs> Because I thought John Barrymore was at least a little younger. Let's see. Great uncle. Okay. So not even a grandfather. <laughs> it comes from a long line of uh, talented people. However, I feel that it would be remiss if we didn't discuss the poltergeist curse that is associated with this movie. That's true. So, as I've touched on, the reason I personally was aware of it is because there was an each Hollywood story centered on the matter back in the 2000s. But um, the Poltergeist Curse, for anyone who doesn't already know, it's the legend that surrounds this movie due to several untimely or unfortunate deaths of the actors that appeared in the franchise. Um, along with other weird events that have happened, um, as Peter touched on, the belief for this, the cause for this, is that they did use real skeletons on set rather than fake ones and due to cost, I guess. But so there were, were four deaths between, I believe it was 1982 and 1988. There was uh, Dominique Dunn. She was the daughter, Dana. In the first movie, she was strangled to death by her ex-boyfriend at the age of 22. There was the death of Julian Beck. That was, so this is Poltergeist 2, uh, the other side from 1986. have not seen that. Um, he passed in 1985 after um, fighting stomach cancer. 
uh, Bill Sampson, who was Taylor in Poltergeist 2, um, died of complications from a heart-lung transplant. And then, of course, Carol Ann, uh, perhaps, you know, the most shocking, I guess, um, Heather O'Rourke uh, died at age 12 from cardiac arrest caused by septic shock and had been misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease in 1987. Uh. So, so all of that has led to speculation that there's a poltergeist curse. That's kind of a yeah, I didn't even, I didn't know about Heather O'Rourke, like that part of it. Oh, That's yeah. crazy. Misdiagnosis. It's like the omen too. Yeah. Like how that movie is like, feels like it's cursed because there's like a couple I can't remember who died but there was like a couple deaths surrounding that movie too you know it's probably Jerry Goldsmith like he's composed both composed the score to both movies is a, there's a thread there there's <laughs> some there's a connection between those two movies mm-hmm. he's he's planning something just for the third piece of trivia so uh, Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper wanted really actors that no one really knew to play the family. Um, they wanted to add, quote, a realism to the family that would off-balance the ghost story. They thought, you know, if the audience is watching um, well-known stars, then it would take away from the realistic feel of the movie that they were trying to target. So at least that's what they were saying in interviews. Um, you know, it could also be an excuse as to why they couldn't get pull any well-known stars because Shirley MacLaine was approached to play Dana uh, Diane Freeling and um, she was not about it because she didn't want to be a part of a movie that had terrorization of children so to speak so and she's certainly not unknown so it's hard to say but I think I mean if that's if that's what they were going for I think they achieved that Greg T. Nelson obviously but I I there are pe- there are certain actor names that I know, but I don't know what these people look like. I didn't know that was Craig T. Nelson. And I, and I even think at this time that he's I don't think he's like a big name yet either. Like I think he'll go on to be in movies and like the show Coach, but the, I think that's like late eighties. Yeah, that's like the big thing. I think so that's after this. He's known for yeah. his Coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like there was like Parenthood that he Family was Stone. on later. And yeah, it's a that's really all I really for me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. But yeah, there is a lot of trivia out on this movie. Obviously, it's a huge, well-known horror movie, so it's hard to choose from all that's out there. So go check it out if that sort of thing interests you. Yeah. Check it out and check out Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. Is that what it's called? Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. Poltergeist 3. This is called Poltergeist 3. Oh, yeah. And then the remake. And the Italian 1988 Italian film Ghost House is apparently an imitation. Just <laughs> gotta check that out. <laughs> kind of like zombie, I guess. Weird. But um, yeah, I think if that's trivia, we can kind of roll into Defender Destroy. And now, Lindsay, this being your pick, you you can lead us off. Will you defend or destroy Poltergeist? I think we can all agree that this is the definition of a horror movie classic. It's got Spielberg written all over it, obviously. Who else? You know, I'm not sure what the rest of the franchise holds, but it, I think it would have been interesting to be alive and old enough to see it back then. I'm sure it was, you know, then and now. It's It was a defining moment in the 
horror genre, I think, you know, this is definitely one of those movies that everybody thinks of when you mention Spielberg, when you think of horror. So I think, um, you know, it's going to be a defend for me, ultimately. I I didn't find it particularly scary. And, you know, I think the general sense that you would think, but thinking about it from a parent's perspective and kind of having your family ripped apart and terrorized, that's what kind of resonated with me more. So um, ultimately, it's a defend. Nice. I also defended i think kind of like mirroring what you said like you know it's not the scariest movie but like i i think i I don't really grade movies on that anymore since like i feel like i've seen so many horror movies that i've become desensitized to it and but it is interesting seeing it like at a different stage in my life and how it still was able to still capture me and and how i was watching it um, you know, I'll make this easy for all of us. I think this will be a unanimous defend. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I, I'll agree. I didn't find it like particularly scary, like jump scares or like the too much suspense or tension. But I think there were a lot of horror elements, like with the parents now watching it, and then like even the tree stuff. Still, I thought was like spooky, and probably if I was a kid, was was even more scary. With like Robbie, still to this day, um, gets to me. But it's I think it's like a pinnacle haunted house movie. Like if you think of if someone's saying like what's a haunted house movie to watch in the horror genre, it's Poltergeist is always a name that comes up, um, and I think it has a really yes. fun atmosphere for that. It does that really well with like the different dimensions and and whatnot. And special effects might not hold up, but I think what they were trying to do still uh, cultivates a, a good atmosphere. So I'll defend it, and uh, yeah, unanimous Poltergeist defend. Nice. I think yeah, with that that'll we can wrap up the poltergeist and get at us in our in the show notes all our social media is there if you need to talk at us look at any of our blogs that we're pumping out uh every day those blogs in there all of our stories but uh, yeah get at us in the show notes uh, if you have any comments on the show we appreciate it but yeah until next time i'm uh, matt johnson i'll remain in the shadows of quest of air day i'm peter hansen and I am just a scared parent, I guess. <laughs> and Lindsay brooches and don't go into the light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>